Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. It's always something different. Today, I'm going to tell you about a custom build, a one-off bike that I am making right now. I've got one little uh, thing I have to kind of uh, confess to about this build in a moment, but let's talk about my custom e-bike using the new unreleased Bafang M625. Now there's a good chance you have no idea what the Bafang M625 motor is, and if that's the case, that's okay. I'm going to explain it to you right now. First, I got to jump back a little bit to its predecessor, if you will, the motor that was out before this new motor that's very popular, and that is the Bafang BBSHD, the HD standing for heavy duty. The previous version was the BBSO2, that was a 750 watt motor, and then the BBSHD came along as a newer, more powerful 1,000-watt version. And that motor's been around for a few years. It's very reliable. It works great. We currently use this motor on several production bikes. The, let's see, I got to think about all of them now. But we use it on the Foxbat, the Sabre, the Lancer bikes. Uh, some of the Bike Tricks models use a lot of Bafang motors. But in short, I started using this particular motor, the BBSHD, when I was building bikes one at a time, custom specs for each customer. When I started this business five years ago, uh, almost six years ago, actually now. So let's just say six years ago. We're just about to six years here at Bolton E-Bikes. So if someone came in, wanted a powerful thousand watt bike, uh, my first few powerful bikes I built were Bafang 750 watt hub motors. Then I started uh, doing some with the BBSHD. I built my own bike using that motor, and I was like, wow, this is a lot of fun. It's a lot of power. I'm not sure if people really want this much, but of course, when I let a few people here in their test ride it, they were like, yeah, that's what I want. That is the motor to have. So at the time, it was one of the best options. One of the great things about the BBSHD mid-drive 1,000-watt motor uh, was the design was made so that it could mount on just about any standard bicycle frame. Now, there's some exceptions out there. There's frames where it's more complicated to mount it. But essentially, what you normally have on a frame is a, a bottom bracket. That's kind of the cartridge that mounts in the frame where your cranks and your pedals go. And it has a shaft on each end. You mount your cranks to that. So instead, with this motor design, you remove that bottom bracket completely. And you have this open tube right where that spindle would be. And the whole motor has a shaft that slides into that. There's a lock ring on one side, and that's where the motor mounts right in the middle of the bike. And then it has its own set of cranks and chain rings and everything that drive the whole setup. So pretty cool. Uh, tons and tons of these motors on the market. People have been buying them for years for DIY projects. And then eventually... They made it into production bikes, like bikes that we're selling now. Uh, that's where the Foxbat came from. I had some of those early custom-built bikes, and I was like, I can't keep up with this anymore. I cannot build bikes one at a time by myself fast enough. I need a production version of this 
awesome 26-inch fat tire bike that I've built that just is ready to go. And that is kind of what evolved into what we now call the Foxbat. And of course, there's other bikes and other motors and things we're using, but I'm talking about this one because this motor's been around for quite a while, and Bafang has finally almost released a new version, and that's called the Bafang M625. The other ultra motors which require a special frame to mount are like the G510 or uh, 620. They use other part numbers. So the 625 is this replacement, if you will, of the BBSHD. So it's designed to be a DIY kit, uh, which I wouldn't be surprised if we start using this instead of the BBSHD on some of our production bikes at some point in the future as well. I'm always a little hesitant to switch things over immediately to whatever the latest, greatest thing is, because sometimes they find problems in the first few months, sometimes the first few production batches have issues. So usually I stick with what's tried and true for quite some time until any of the kinks or bugs might be worked out. But as it is right now, the M625 motor is going to come out on June 18th. Now, of course, I have to record these episodes in advance, and I sometimes have to get parts and pieces in advance to release information to you guys. So I am not releasing any official information other than what I've just shared with you on the motor today because this podcast is coming out a couple days before the official motor release. So I I can't actually share anything with you. Plus... I told you there was a little confession I have to make. This episode, I want to talk about this custom bike that I built for the sole purpose of testing this motor. And the truth is, I haven't built the bike yet. (laughs) I am running in a rather small window right now. I have, let's just say, less than 10 days to get all of the pieces. That's one of the reasons the bike isn't built yet, is I don't have all the parts and pieces yet, but they are all on the way as long as I'm not missing anything, which I'm sure there will be something because there's always something. But essentially, I'm waiting for all of these parts to come together. And sometime within the next 10 days, I'm going to get this bike assembled, built. I'm going to test this motor. I'm going to make a video about it. And then I'm going to release it on the YouTube channel on June 18th, which is a Friday. But June 18th in China happens to be June 7th in the U.S., which is a Thursday, which is when we release our regularly scheduled videos. So just be aware that, uh, yes, my video will be coming out on the 18th in China time, of course, because otherwise I would have to wait. And I'm not going to do that. Don't worry, I got permission. I asked (laughs) the company that sent me the motor. Uh, So thank you to the guys over at BTN. Uh, They're a manufacturer of bikes. They sell a lot of upgrade kits, e-bike kits, all sorts of things, uh, good connections with Bafang. Basically, what it comes down to, they reached out to me and said, hey, this is the new Bafang motor. It's not released yet. We really want you to get one and to review it for us. And I said, I don't know if I have time to build a bike specifically just to test a motor, you know. And they said, we'll send you the motor for free with a battery, And I was like, I don't know if I got the time. Uh, And they were pretty persistent. I said, okay, finally, I'll do it. But I need to find some sort of bike to build. I don't even have just a regular 
bicycle lying around to convert, to use this on, I want to make something special, something that's never been done before. And I guarantee you, based on the trials I've had thus far, this has never been done before. So I am currently in the process. I have started modifying some parts and pieces. Like I said, not everything has shown up. So I couldn't even give you a ride review, performance review if I wanted to on the motor because I haven't installed it on the bike with everything else that it needs, like wheels and tires and forks. And right now I have some of those things. I have tires and I have a wheel, but not a fork or and not the other wheel. So it's a little bit of a process. Again, I got less than 10 days from the time that I'm recording this episode to have this bike built, tested, video done on the entire build, test riding, so I can tell you how this motor performs and what I think of it. Short version, it's supposed to be a 1,000-watt mid-drive motor. Something that's a little bit unique is they used to sell, Bafang, a ton of these motor kits, and you were kind of on your own for the batteries. They've started more and more lately to have kind of these integrated systems where you get a motor and a battery and the whole package. Uh, And that's what I got this time around. I got the mid-drive kit, and they sent me a 19-amp-hour, which is awesome to see such a large production battery for just a generic kit. Uh, But I have both of those on hand. So this should be plenty power. We'll find out. Should have plenty of range. We'll also find out. (laughs) But it should be a lot of fun. So here's what I'm doing for the build. I'm going to tell you and give you kind of a a parts list of what I am putting together right now. And when you hear this podcast, just know that if all goes to plan in a couple of days, you're going to be able to watch a video on YouTube where I show you this complete bike and this whole motor kit setup. So I'm really looking forward to it. I've never done anything quite like this, but I really wanted to because I love building custom things. I love making things. I love building bikes. And that's how I originally started this business. And I hope that this is a way for me to just put a little bit of that in there. And who knows, maybe if this goes well, I'll be able to do this again. But this will be interesting to see what happens. So Uh, You already know what the motor is, 1,000-watt mid-drive, the Bafang M625. You already know what the battery is going to be. It is a Bafang 19-amp-hour. Now, what is the rest of the bike going to look like? You're probably going to guess it's going to be some sort of fat tire mountain bike. And if that's your guess, you are completely wrong. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah, that's a surprise, I know, because... I'm always building fat bikes. Like I said, I wanted to do something completely different. I also wanted to kind of dig around in my shop and see like parts are really hard to get right now. What do I have that I can work with? Now, I had to buy a lot of things and order a lot of things to make this happen. I hope everything fits and comes together. So far, that's not going so well. More on that in a moment. But the frame is something called a hop mod, which also probably means nothing to you. And that's okay too. A little backstory on the frame. A few years back, this guy named Marty released a Kickstarter campaign. Now he has a bicycle shop and he may be bringing this back. So in the YouTube video, hopefully uh, I'll be able to connect with him. I have been talking to him already about this and tell him he knows that this is coming. Uh, But in the video, Uh, that I release on YouTube. Hopefully, I'll have some future news on new things that he's working on. But short version is he released this unique looking frame on Kickstarter. 
it was kind of this cool, like vintage retro motorcycle style frame, almost like a cafe racer. You know, the seat is long and made from like a skateboard deck. And the frame, it just has this huge, massive empty space in the middle. So you could fit whatever kind of battery you want, whatever kind of motor you want in there, whether it's a mid-drive or if you want to put in a super powerful rear hub motor, the bike has these awesome steel dropouts. The frame, I'll admit, is heavy. It, it is just, but it's just bulletproof too. So that's one of the things I like about it. So you here you have this kind of cafe racer style motorcycle looking frame. Uh, it was on Kickstarter again, and you could buy the frame or you could buy a complete kit and you could build it out however you want. Now, from my recollection, the Kickstarter campaign, as cool as I thought it was, didn't quite take off. But there were a few frames made from that effort anyway, and he sold some of them. I didn't buy one at that point in time. I watched the campaign very closely. I thought it was really cool, but I didn't buy one of those frames at that point in time. Well, fast forward to, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago, and I see that somebody I know that I'm friends with on Facebook has one of these frames, and they're considering selling it because they haven't built it into a bike yet. You know, they've got some other bicycle projects they're working on, and they might want to get rid of it. Well, I was like, well, that's kind of cool. You can't buy one anymore. I kind of want that. Maybe one day I'll build something out of it. Sure enough, we made a deal. I bought the frame. He shipped it to me. And then I promptly stowed it away up in basically the attic space here at the shop. And there it stayed for the past year or so. And I didn't have time to do anything with it. And of course, now we fast forward to here's the time when I have somebody who's like, hey, we're sending you a motor kit. We're sending you a battery. We want you to build something. So you can see how this comes full circle. Hmm, I got a motor kit. I need a frame. Oh, yeah that hop mod frame, I've always wanted to build something really cool out of it. So let's do that. Now, normally, I probably would have gone with fat tires on a build like this, but the frame was not initially designed for fat tires. I did some test fits, some experiments. I might have been able to put like a 20-inch fat tire because the diameter is so much smaller. When you get smaller, it's far enough back in the frame. It might have cleared the frame further forward towards where the seat post area would normally be. But I didn't think I could get the right parts and pieces to build a fat tire bike in a short time period. Because I really only received the motor a week or so ago, just recently. So I really only had a you know two, three week window for this whole project to go from start to finish. So I was somewhat limited on what I could do. Uh, so I thought, okay, well, I know I want it to look like this motorcycle cafe racer thing. Uh, I know it's going to be powerful. We can't quite fit bigger fat tires. You know, I, maybe I could get a smaller one, but I don't think I can get all the parts fast enough for what I want to do. What can I get? Uh, so doing some research, I was able to find some wheels. I received one today. So yay, I have the front wheel, which I can't put on the bike because I haven't gotten the fork yet. <laughs> uh, but I have some 26 inch by 1.95. Let's just say 26 by two inch rims. I have 26 by 2.5 inch tires. Now I'm not even remember what the tire size is, but they're not slicks, but they're close to it. They're Michelin tires. They have the Michelin logo real prominently 
on the side, which I kind of thought went cool for the whole look I was going for. So semi-slick, really grippy tires, fairly narrow. So we're going to have a lot of power, some very low rolling resistance, very grippy tires. So you can see how this is kind of going along with the, the motorcycle street theme of sorts. Now I do want to try and make it somewhat comfortable. So for that part, it's like, okay, well, we don't have a lot of adjustment with the seat. This frame is really cool because there's some modular parts about it. So for example, the seat, as I described it, it's like a motorcycle seat. And a lot of these cafe racer, scrambler type bikes, the seats have zero adjustment. So if you look at like the Juiced Scramblers or the Super 73s, the seat is where it is. You can't move it up, down, back, forward, nothing. This one actually has a, a bolt pattern that goes down the back of the frame so you can move the seat up and down. So there's some adjustment there, which is awesome. It's one of the things I really liked about this frame was the modular design. Same goes for, you know, the battery mounting position, tons of holes. So you have a lot of flexibility on exactly where to position the battery. And then the motor, uh, the bottom bracket piece where you would slide this motor into, it has several holes in the bottom of the frame. So you can move it forward and backward right to where you want it. So you can have the as a crank forward design like the Cheetah, where the pedals are kind of sitting way out in front of you, makes for a really comfortable, relaxed ride, or you can move the crank further back and have the pedals more underneath you like a mountain bike. Either way, you can kind of have some adjustability on where you position it. Now, I want it to be comfortable, so I'm gonna, probably going to have them in a what I would consider a crank forward design so the pedals are kind of in front of you again kind of like how the cheetah bike looks. Now, instead of doing big swept back handlebars, just have some straight bars with a slight rise to them uh, using a very short stem. So I'm not having to reach too far out to get to those handlebars. So it's a combination of style to get that cafe racer look and a combination of comfort. I've seen some people take like the handlebars, for example, and put them like upside down. So you have these bars that drop down and it looks all racy and everything, but it's not comfortable to ride. If you've ever been on a bike that looks like that, it's really uncomfortable. And I don't, I don't want that. So we're not doing that, but hopefully you're getting an idea of how this bike is starting to look and feel. So slick tires, motorcycle frame, the fork is something I went back and forth on, to be honest. There were two issues with a fork. One is what can I get? <laughs> and two is, if I have a bike that's fast and it has fairly skinny tires, it's not a fat bike, uh, there's no suspension on the frame, what are we going to do for a front fork? So, you know, finding this balance of the looks and the comfort, uh, I found a fork online that I could get in time, in theory, which hasn't showed up yet, but based on the tracking number, hopefully I have it within the next couple of days. So that's going to be one of those things where I'm pushing it a little bit, but it's supposed to arrive soon. Uh, so when this fork shows up, it's a triple tree inverted fork. It's the DNM USD 8, if you want to look it up. I'm going to make a couple of slight changes to, to how it looks probably to get it to fit right. Uh, but essentially, this is going to look like a motorcycle fork. The other kind of fork I considered was what they call a Springer fork 
which really would have given it that vintage motorcycle look uh, because you have this spring, this coil spring that's super visible right in front of the head tube on the fork uh, and this kind of crazy linkage that moves. But I wasn't sure how well that would hold up, at least for the quality of the fork I could get on short notice. And I also wasn't sure how many people would like that design. So the fork that I bought from DNM was quite expensive. I think it cost me about $485. So almost a $500 fork. Ouch. But I think will be worth it. It's going to help complete the entire look. And if I can find it somewhere in this shop, I have one of those giant like motorcycle style headlights that goes on an e-bike. I know it's here, but that's on my list of parts that's like, I have it, but where is it? So I'm going to look around and try and find that and stick that on there. Again, complete the overall look of this whole thing. I've got some uh, leather grips that kind of have this cross stitching on them that I'm going to put on there. Uh, Hopefully, again, you can see how this is all coming together. And then I'm going to borrow some components from the Blackbird production. Don't worry, I'm not holding up anybody's bike. I'm not stealing parts off your bike, Uh, but I am going to use the SRAM uh, nine-speed shifter and derailleur is the plan for this. So we got a nine-speed drivetrain, 1,000-watt motor should give us plenty of torque and top speed. Uh, we will find out. And then uh, also, again, digging through old parts boxes, I think I'm going to go with some anodized red hydraulic brakes from Juintech. So I'm going to have a mostly black bike. I didn't really tell you colors yet, but black motor, black frame, black seat, black handlebars, black wheels, black rims, but anodized bright red brake calipers, brake reservoirs, uh, and I might add in a couple of other touches, just very, very subtle. It's not going to be this flashy black and red thing, Uh, but I wanted a little splash of color in there somewhere. That's something I always liked about building custom bikes for people early on, uh, was that I could order a little part here or there that just kind of brought the whole bike together and made it look custom, unlike anything else. And then for the kickstand, because you got to have a kickstand on an e-bike, instead of the standard side stand, because it's a motorcycle look, uh, I'm going to try and see if I can get a center stand to work on this bike as well, because that is just so much better that way. Now, I still have some, some challenges. Let me share with you some of the first challenges. Uh, One was that once I decided on the fork, I needed to find wheels in stock, and I really wanted that inverted triple tree look for the fork, and it was like, okay, got it. Now I need a 26-inch wheel with a through axle designed for a 20-millimeter axle, which is really big. They're usually smaller than that. Sure enough, I look around, my usual suppliers don't carry anything like that because that's an odd size. Of course it is. Uh, So I got a search around. I found one. Yeah, and then I had to drop another well over $200 just for the front wheel. So you can see how this is adding up really quick. Based on those two items, I've spent about uh, $700 between a fork and a front wheel. That's not counting what I originally spent on the frame. That's not counting what the motor and battery would have cost, the rear wheels. Uh, You can see how this is uh, unfortunately going to add up pretty quick. But I'm trying to, again, use some of the other parts and pieces I already have on hand. So again, challenges. Uh, That was one. Second thing I ran into was fitting the motor to the bottom bracket. This is a custom frame. They don't make them anymore. (laughs) Thankfully, 
the guy who made the frames has been very responsive, very helpful. And I was like, hey, you don't really have to help me answering these questions. Like I didn't even buy the frame from you. I bought it secondhand from somebody else. But he's been really helpful with saying, no, no, you know, I'll dig through some parts to see if I can help with the frame. Here's some answer to your questions. But what happened is I went to slide the motor onto the bottom bracket and it didn't fit. And I thought, oh no, this is after I ordered all these parts. Did I just screw up? Did I just order parts to build a bike for this motor and the motor doesn't even fit the frame? Which in hindsight, you sh I should have checked that first, right? But I didn't. Don't worry. It's fixed. <laughs> it took several hours yesterday. It took many whacks with a hammer. I know that sounds scary. Just hear me out. But what the bike has is this cool bottom bracket that's modular, so you can bolt it in different positions, right? So you imagine this block, this rectangular block with this tube mounted sideways on it. And that's where your cranks and everything mount. In this case, that's where the motor mounts. Well, there's an insert that goes into that bottom bracket shell to mount various types of bottom brackets. And there's all sorts of different standards. There's European standards, American standards, different thread standards. And the way it was set up, the motor was the right diameter to slide in. But these Bafang motors have uh, kind of this clearance issue, basically, where you have to have a certain amount of room around the bottom bracket. And it's hard to explain this in a video. It'll make a lot of sense. But basically, this bottom bracket piece was too thick, and the motor couldn't slide into it. The center part was fine, but the outer part would hit at one point. And I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? Uh, and thankfully, there is something called an eccentric bottom bracket. And imagine uh, the bottom bracket on your bike, if instead of being mounted centered in your frame, the hole where it mounts is offset slightly. So what you use these eccentric bottom brackets for normally is for like a single speed bike or belt drive, something like that where you need some adjustment for either chain or belt tension. So you can rotate this eccentric bottom bracket around and it gives you a little of a fore and aft movement. And what this would do for me is push the hole off to one side and then give me clearance for the motor to go on. I ordered a couple of them just to make sure one of them would at least get here on time. It shows up. I got to use a hammer to pound out the original bottom bracket adapter, get it out of there, which was a pain. <laughs> uh, Marty thinks he was like, oh, it's going to be kind of tricky to pound that thing out of there if there's already one in there. And I said, yeah, it was, but I got it done. I go to slide the new eccentric bottom bracket that I just bought, you know, nice $30 machined part, and it's too big. It doesn't fit. So I thankfully have over in the corner of our machine shop uh, an old machine that has never, literally has never been used. It's been sitting there for five years. I've never plugged it in. We don't use it for regular production, but it was there. And it had a large enough uh, collet and clamp and everything, a chuck that I could put this part in there. So uh, thankfully I got some of this on video. I put this piece in there, was able to turn this thing down to a precise press fit size and I hammered away at this thing and pushed this new eccentric bottom bracket into this shell for this frame and now the motor will mount. So problem number one, no, that was problem number two. Problem number two solved. One was the, the wheel and the fork, got that taken care of, I think. The fork hasn't shown up, but hopefully everything fits. Problem number two is the motor wouldn't fit under the bottom bracket. Problem number three, 
This frame was originally designed as a, not a single speed, but a single speed frame, normally using either uh, a hub motor in the back, like a real powerful, you know, maybe like a 3000 watt would be awesome in this frame. You don't really need any gears for pedaling at that point. Or it would be made for like a hub shifter, like a five speed Sturmy Archer or a roll off hub, something like that. So there's no spot to mount a derailleur. No problem. I found an adapter that goes from a fixie single speed style frame and allows you to mount a derailleur. Problem solved. Literally came from a company called Problem Solvers. I order that part, it shows up, and of course, it doesn't fit on the frame either. So now we either have to cut or drill a hole inside this frame, which I'm sorry that I have to do, but I got to do it for this thing to fit because all of my components that I have ordered are built around using a standard rear wheel with a cassette and a derailleur. So it's going to happen. So running into a lot of challenges, but it's been a ton of fun. It's going to be very custom. I don't know how it's going to ride because I haven't built it yet, but I'm gathering all the parts and pieces and it's going to be done very, very soon. Now, one last thing I'm going to share about this before I let you go for today. Of course, you can stay and stick around. Listen to more episodes if you haven't uh, listened. (laughs) Scroll through, see if there's other e-bike things you need to know. But last thing I want to share with you is that this is a custom, one-of-a-kind. I'm never going to build it again. I couldn't if I wanted to because, one, the frame just isn't in production anymore. And two, like this motor technically isn't out yet either. So this, you can see why this would be a challenge to duplicate this build. It's not going to happen. So what I'm going to do is instead of giving this bike away, because I'm putting a lot of effort into this bike, I am planning on selling it. So if you're interested, what I'm going to try, and I have no idea what's going to happen, I am going to put this bike up for auction, I'm going to start basically at like $1, no reserve, just goes to the highest bidder. Somebody could get a killer deal on a custom one-off bike if nobody really wants it, <laughs> but I guess at least we'll, we'll sell it. Uh, or maybe it gets bid up. I don't know what's going to happen, but that's the goal. That's the plan. I'm going to build this custom bike. We're going to show it off, make an awesome video, see how this motor performs and then uh, auction it off, uh, possibly to one of you. So if you're looking for a custom, one-of-a-kind, cafe racer-style e-bike that you literally cannot buy anywhere else, uh, stay tuned. Now again, this all depends, this video coming out hopefully in two days from you listening, all depends on all of these parts fitting together, which I don't have. So hopefully you don't have some other video showing up on Thursday the 18th of June, if that, no wait, 17th, which is Thursday, 18th is Friday, time zone thing. But anyway, that is the plan. That's what we're going to do. I'm really excited to see what happens, see what you all think. If you're not already subscribed on the YouTube channel, make sure to go check it out. Tons of videos there. And this one, I think, will be an exciting one. Can't wait to see how this motor performs. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. I want to take a moment to remind you that we just launched our new website, ebikesearch.com, where you can buy and sell used electric bikes. I've already been loading the site with some of our scratch and dent type bikes that we have around the shop that I do want to get rid of, possibly old demo bikes. So check it out, see what those are. Right now, 
we are doing a beta launch by invite only. So if you want to search the bikes, if you want to sell your bike, you have to go to invite.ebikesearch.com. You can put in your email address, your first name. Uh, When we get that, we will send you an email back in a reasonable amount of time with a special code so you can sign up. We just want to make sure everything is working perfectly and smoothly before we launch the site and have it open to the public. So again, that's ebikesearch.com. And if you want to sign up right now, it is invite.ebikesearch.com. Thank you. I'm Kyle, the owner of Bolton eBikes, and hopefully I will talk to you again soon. Oh, 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 oh,